Welcome to Apaga University. I'm Inga. And I'm Julie. We are two entrepreneurs who have built an in-home care business from the ground up, guided every step of the way by God's care and fueled by agape love. 16 years later and over 100 podcast episodes already under our belts, we invite you to continue on this journey with us as we share stories that resonate, insights that inspire, and practical guidance that empowers you to face any obstacle along this path. Whether you're a professional caregiver, a family member, or are simply curious about what your steps will be when you need them, you have come to the right place. Oh, hey, and while you're here, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And after that, make sure you send this to a friend. Yes, do it. All right, we'll quit fooling around and get to it. Let's go. Class is in session. Hello, sunshines, and hello, Julie. <laughs> How is you today? Did I catch you off guard? Oh, always. Were you adjusting your Every spectacles? Time. Yes, yes. It's like a surprise. It's like the first time we've done it. Every time Every we do it. Every single episode. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. So, March. March is Brain Health Aw- brain Injury Awareness Month. Yes. So we're going to be talking about that today. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a heavy, heavy topic mm-hmm. um, because it can be so detrimental yeah. to people. And so, it'll be interesting. We're just going to talk about the basics and the different kinds of brain injury and all that. So it'll be I th- good. I think it's really interesting. And again, I've said this a million times before, but every time we do topics like this, mm-hmm. I learn so much mm-hmm. that, you know, you think you know a little bit, mm-hmm. but then you really do a deeper dive into it and learn that you don't know much at all. No, so, no diddly. Don't know diddly. Oh boy. All right. Well, so it was supposed to be spring, right? <laughs> the sun was out yesterday. I do believe today yeah. it's not so much. Right. Uh, so what's your favorite springtime event? Oh, springtime event. Um, th- well, my favorite springtime event is when I see a, a robin and I start to see green grass coming up. Yeah. My other event is, my favorite event is when we have our first calf. And then my v- next very, <laughs> very favorite is when we have our last calf. Nice. <laughs> and we're right in the middle of that right now. So oh, yeah, I'm like in Groundhog Day. And you go <laughs> just oh, every, every day. day we're doing get up, go to work, go home, do chores, check cows, <laughs> check cows. Uh, yes. Next day, same thing. And you got a picture of a robin. Well, <laughs> you were so excited. I was so and then excited. it was such a letdown. Somebody sent me a beautiful picture of a, ro- of, a ro- of a robin. And I was like, what? You saw a robin? I haven't seen one yet. And she's like, oh, no, I just took it off Facebook. <laughs> oh, oh, well, well I'm underwhelmed. Beautiful picture. Thank you. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Goodness. I love, um, my favorite part of spring is when it actually dries up and there's no more mud. Oh, hallelujah, sister. It is the worst right. on the farm. Just the muck and Ugh. gross. And <laughs> I have several people, you've been having farm, um, shows with your babies yes. like all spring. Oh yes, yes. Um, and I have a few people that want to come over and see my baby calves. I'm like, uh, I can't have you coming over right now because, uh, the corral is just terrible. I've gotten to the point that I'm like, enter at your own risk, wear muck boots. <laughs> I mean, that's the best I can do for you. Oh, and, and the poo is getting to the consistency of almost concrete. Oh boy. And so that's when I tend to lose my boots in the oh, crap. Right. And so I, every time I'm Do walking, you lose a boot every year? Every year, at least one. And it just ticks me off. Do you ever get it back? Or like well, you- I then I have to walk in my socks because I had to reef on it and I'm not going to put my gross foot back in my boot. It's just a <laughs> conundrum of mine every spring. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know how to help with that. You never had a boot fall off? I, I've had a boot fall off, but I, not all the time. I've thrown a shoe before. I mean, it's it has happened, but not to the extent that... I think the the takeaway is that you do more chores well, than I do. No, and the takeaway is cows crap differently than sheep. Well, this is 
This is true. In case our <laughs> listeners didn't know. Yeah. The facts of life. Yes. Here you go. <laughs> nice. So Julie, we are actually going to do something a little different with our verses yes. this um, this episode, just because like you mentioned, it is a very ha- heavy topic. And uh, we just wanted to talk through an article that you found, and it is five things that the scriptures teach us about trauma and suffering. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, that we have some really good books mm-hmm. also on why we go through the things we go through mm-hmm. because when you're going through such a heavy load and it's not just brain trauma, anything in your life, sure. um, so much of it is comes back on how we're reacting to it and also how much of our faith is in God yes. that he's put this into our lives for whatever reason. Yep. And right when you're in the thick of it, you're like, why? This, none of this makes sense. I'm not having any fun. Yeah. You know? I think people have a tendency when they go through tough times to, to do that, to look at it and say, why God, why are you doing this to and me? I don't then understand. They turn mad. Then they turn mad. And all of the, you know, guilt, resentment, all of that comes mm-hmm. out. And that's really hard yeah. because it just compounds. And, and what's interesting, it's never easy. though, and, and I don't know if this has been your experience, but I know that my experience has always been, you know, you're in the, the thick of it. You've got this traumatic situation going on. You don't quite understand. But if you can just remind yourself that, you know, look to God mm-hmm. and there is a reason you will always, always find out down the road. What was the reason for that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, at least for me, not saying that every person has that, that. I was supposed to learn this. Yeah. This helped me grow in this area <sighs> or I was able to understand this or I learned more about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and there, the book that, um, I'll, I'll actually get the book and um, give it to Alyssa so she can put it in her show notes. Mm-hmm. And this is a hospital chaplain yes. that actually um, has seen a lot of trauma, a lot of sickness, a lot of sadness. And um, he talks about the people that go through it the easiest or the most accepting of the situation are those that still can find gratitude. Yes. And that takes a big person with a ton of faith. It's hard and to do at times. To be honest, I, I've i had st- hard stuff in my life. Who hasn't? But I don't know that it's been that hard that I've been tested on my faith. Right. And it scares me because I don't want to. Right. But um, some people really yeah. seem to get a dose of it yes. and then another dose of it. And they're just like, why? I find the older I get and the more experience that I have, the easier it is for me to understand that situations that happen that are out of your control and um, you just don't, you're not prepared for it, you're not ready for it, it's it's a hardship, they're easier to accept mm-hmm. because you just know that there's a reason for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you're one of the lucky ones <laughs> to have had insight enough into yeah. yourself and that to be ready to deal with whatever because yeah. a lot of people are still what they consider blindsided right yeah and that's, yeah. that's true and everybody yeah. deals with things differently but let's true, talk true. about these these key truths yes five key truths about th- that the scriptures teach us about trauma and suffering mm-hmm. so the first one is that god is present and in control of our suffering firstly god is present in control of our suffering in times of great suffering and pain we often feel the farthest from god mm-hmm. where is he has he forgotten me How could he let this happen? This is also the case in the lives of great men of faith in the Bible. Look at David, Jeremiah, 
Job, even Jesus at the height of his pain cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm -hmm. Um, From our limited human perspective, pain and suffering seems contrary to our idea of a sovereign God who is good and loving. We think that God blinked and wasn't able to stop this traumatic event, or he really isn't a loving God. We forget that Adam chose a sin and to that we live in a fallen world full of suffering. Suffering should not cause us to question God's sovereignty as Job so clearly understood. God is sovereign despite our circumstances. He created all things and he controls all things. He allows us to experience the consequences of sin while remaining fully in control of all things, including Satan, who can only bring suffering into our lives if God allows it. God is in control of our circumstances, and he wants to transform us into the very image of his son. Yeah. I love that. And for everybody listening, if you want to um, find the verses that correspond with the information we're sharing, Mm -hmm. go into the show notes because they're listed on there and and you'll be able to reference back to it. Um, The second point is that God is good and he cares for us. So God is good and cares for us. We have all heard this statement. How could a loving God allow blank? Fill in the blank with any horribly traumatic event that occurs here on planet Earth. People often use a statement to argue against not only the love of God, but also the existence of God. But God does love us, and that is evident in our redemptive history. The creator of the world made a way for disobedient, powerless creatures to come into an eternal relationship with him. He is patient and gracious. He became one of us, and then he sacrificed himself for us. Self-sacrifice is the ultimate act of love. Um, God is indeed good, and he longs to be an ever deepening in an ever-deepening relationship with us. Number three is through our trials and suffering, we have an opportunity to draw closer to God. In James 1, verses 2, we are told to consider it pure joy when we go through difficult times. What kind of strange mental gymnastics does God want me to do? I'm supposed to be happy when I'm in pain? (laughs) No, not at all. Even Jesus was sad when he went through difficult times at Lazarus' grave in the Garden of Gethsemane. Is that it? Gethsemane. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And on the cross. The third truth we are called to recognize is that through our trials and suffering, we have an opportunity to draw closer to God. During the easy times, we often become self-reliant, forgetting our need for God. It is in in the hard times when our faith is tested that we recognize our need for complete dependency on him. James tells us that persevering through the difficult times develops a mature and complete faith. We are ever being conformed into the image of Christ, and suffering is a necessary part of that transformation. It's also important to remember that uh, Jesus understands what it is to suffer, Mm -hmm. right? So that is the fourth truth. We do not worship a distant, unapproachable God. We worship a God that knows what it is to be human and knows what it is to suffer. Um, Just think about Jesus's life for a moment. He didn't experience just one traumatic event during his time on earth. His whole life was full of suffering. The prophet Isaiah told of his suffering hundreds of years before his birth. He was born into unimaginable poverty in a country occupied by a cruel army. He He narrowly escaped a mass slaughtering of children that was ordered because of his birth. He was physically assaulted by Satan, um, persecuted because of his teachings, and thought insane by his family, betrayed by his own disciple. Um, He was deserted by his friends, falsely arrested, publicly humiliated, beaten to the point of death, and then slowly and painfully publicly executed by crucifixion as a common criminal. We can take um, great comfort in the fact that God can relate to us on our level and that he understands what it is to suffer. Finally, our identity is not defined by traumatic events or suffering, but is grounded in Christ. God does not see you as a victim. He sees you as a 
his child. The scriptures tell us that as children of God, we were chosen before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless adopted sons and daughters, lavished with grace, redeemed, forgiven, given spiritual wisdom and understanding and marked with the Holy Spirit. We are in Christ. We sit at the right hand of the Father. We have his righteousness. We must not allow tragedy or circumstances to define who we are or how we live. We have his very life within us and we must choose to live out that truth. Mm -hmm. This was just so well written. And this is by a Dr. Matthew Stanford with from the Hope and Healing Center and Institute. Yeah, I love it. So if you want a plethora of verses from today's episode, just look up this article (laughs) on our show notes and go dive into it because there's a lot of great information. Thank you, Dr. Stanford. That's a beautiful beautifully done. Yeah. Yeah. And listeners, if you have um, any verses that you would like us to share, if you have good news stories, which we will be getting into here in just a second, (laughs) um, please email those to the caregivenpodcast at gmail.com. We love to have information to sort through and we love hearing from you guys. Yeah. Do you want to start with your... uh... Yes, because it's such a a heavy topic about... brain trauma-ish things, um, I wanted to talk about something uber, super cool, fancy, funny. Nice. Um, well, I did not. So oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mine will be a bit of a bummer, but I think oh. it gets worse before it gets better. Okay. <laughs> uh, basically, the other day, um, it was on a Sunday, and we were looking for March Madness games or something, and I'll be danged if on ESPN they had Corgi Racing. Oh, my gosh. It was the most hilarious. They had eight heats of like 10 dogs. So each heat had all of these dogs and they were racing. And then they were going to have the the champion (laughs) Corgi racer. And these dogs were hilarious. They, they, the, their owners were down at the end trying to give them their favorite ball or have a snack ready for them, whatever it took. But if one of their um, fellow runners racers when hit them they I mean they would just do this it was hilarious and those little cute corgi butts oh my gosh yeah and they're really fast but some of them had the zoomies and it wasn't a straight line zoomie so they lost but some of the names were like uh uh Chewbacca uh no Chewbarka Chewbarka yeah wiggle butt um and the one that actually ended up winning the whole shebang this year was wrong way Loki because (laughs) last year he had lost because he went the wrong way. So they named him Wrong Way Loki. And now this year, they were going to have to change his name to maybe Right Way Loki. Because he... <laughs> so, Way Loki. There's a huge trophy that's over four foot high. So, you know, it's just hilarious. And they interview the the owners of the dogs. And, you know, what's the, the secret sauce? We can't tell you. But anyway, um, there are... Um, all these websites like Corgi Planet, you mm-hmm. can get on there and it's all about corgis and, you know, uh, why do corgi butts flow? You know, it's just funny, just so lighthearted. I happen to know a corgi and I like him an awful lot. Cal? Cal the corgi. The cow. Yep. He's adorable. And <laughs> he then Tommy has one. Mm-hmm. What's I can't Yeah, remember. and Costeckis have a corgi. Oh, that's Maybe right. two, they, they got another dog. I don't know if it's a corgi oh, as well. Oh, yeah. Corgis have become super, super we popular lately. actually know corgis, don't we? Yeah, we know a few. Cal the best. Yeah. He's the best boy, Corgi. Whenever he comes to the office, he sounds like a train. He, they're, they're, they're heavy. They're like dense, man. Try picking up a Corgi. You better put on your lifting belt and bend at the knees. 
<laughs> Wade is deceiving. <laughs> yes. But he's so loving. Yeah. And he's so low to the ground that when he wants to lay with you, I mean, he literally will just, his whole body weight is just like on you and he pins you to the ground. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Yeah. I can only imagine. I'm going to have to go watch the Corgi races. It's hilarious. That'll be It's the funniest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe I actually stopped my day and watched it. Oh, well, good. But, you but, probably needed that. You just can't quit once you start. <laughs> okay, well, this article that I am going to read to you is called Retaining Walls of the Heart by Norma Myers. And it's actually off of Brainline, um, which is a site that is all about brain injury and PTSD. Oh, wow. But anyway, Retaining Walls of the Heart by Norma Myers. So it says, picture a retaining wall, a structural feature that allows you to support, support landscaping and help prevent erosion. My retaining wall comes with its own definition because it is an emotional retaining wall mm. that I consciously, subconsciously, or both constructed after my sons, Aaron and Steven's car accident in 2012. Mm. It was built upon, it was built on autopilot mode without a formal blueprint, emotionally expensive, physically draining, and spiritually challenging. The retaining wall was built, I believe, in hopes of experiencing some normalcy amidst total chaos. For those who haven't had to deal with a tremendous amount of trauma, stress, or pain, it may be difficult to relate to the need to build such protective walls around one's heart. I thought by naming each stone in my retaining wall, um, it would provide purpose for survival. The anchor stone, the most rare and precious stone of all, was the Aaron stone. It was prestigiously placed to honor my firstborn son who didn't survive the accident. Mm. The next stone was Stevens, which represented many reminders of the fragility of life. Not only did he have to endure months of therapy due to severe traumatic brain injury um, he sustained in the crash, but he also had to start learning to live with more challenges than anyone should have to endure. The weight of Stevens' stone underscores his painstaking recovery, but also the reality of his having to carry on in the world without his brother, his best friend. Oh, each of the retaining wall stones hold unique significance because they represent facets of our of our journey. A big one represented our long-awaited return home after watching Stephen learn how to live all over again, newborn to adult. There's the silent but still excruciatingly loud stone that echoes Aaron's absence. There's the mom stone, shattered but still intact because of faith, strength, and resiliency. And there's the dad stone with its many fissures from, from day upon day of living without his son Aaron while also needing to help Stephen navigate and accept his new normal, all of our new normal. There are many beautiful gardens behind retaining walls. While my perennial garden doesn't have one, it does have a keeper, me. I tend to the needs of the garden every season of every year. At the end of each season, I used to get overwhelmed about making sure each plant was pruned back correctly and on time. My awesome counselor gave me some advice that I will always cherish. Instead of looking at the entire garden, look at each plant individually and address that need. Same with weeds. Don't think about how many need to be removed. Just pull one at a time. Mm -hmm. The same can be said for our lives and our hearts. When we address one issue at a time, the big picture seems less daunting. My garden is filled with a variety of flowers and weeds that bloom with each season. This scenario mim mimics my reality, navigating the ins and outs of TBI, epilepsy, PTSD, grief, and ambiguous loss. Those realities serve as reminders to embrace my counselor's advice. Focus on one flower, one weed at a time, because each offers a lesson. My emotional retaining wall was built for a reason and season. And as healing began, I knew it was time to remove the wall I had created, stone by stone. Mm -hmm. As the dismantling began, I realized that some of the stones needed to remain, but identified with different labels, such as love, forgiveness, trust, hope, patience, kindness, and peace. And yes, even on the grayest of, of days, they do blossom and bloom. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, yeah, wow. Yeah, isn't that cool? What a beautiful soul. Yeah. 
It's hard. Brain injury is hard. Well, her times two. Yeah. Because not only did she lose a son to yes, the, to the accident, accident, but then she had to go through all of this with her son. Yeah. That is one of those that you have to be really strong yeah. to even survive. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And just as we were talking before, it would be probably very easy to fall into that. Why? Oh. Why me? Why us? Why our family? Why yeah. my child? Why my mom? Why, you know, so wow. lean, in, lean into your Lord and Savior. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk about the human brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and the human brain is magnificent and complex. The brain is made up of many parts, each with a specific important function. It controls our ability to balance, walk, talk, and eat. It coordinates and regulates our breathing, blood circulation, and heart rate. Mm-hmm. It is responsible for our ability to speak, to process and remember information, make decisions, and feel emotions. Every brain is unique, ever-changing and extremely sensitive to its environment. Mm -hmm. Well, and did you know that the brain is divided into, um, basically into functional sections that are called lobes? So you've got, I'll say them, you point on your head. How about that? Okay, so we have the frontal lobe. Oh, wait, frontal Frontal lobe. lobe. We have the temporal lobe. That's the sides. Yep. Yep. The, The parietal lobe. Is right behind the frontal up here. Yep, the occipital. A little bit further back. Cerebellum. Is that the in the base? The base of it? Okay. Base and then your brain stem. It goes down. Okay. How'd so I do? You did great. Thank Good you. job, Vanna. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so each lobe has an important and specific function. And we're just going to go through each of them and kind of talk mm-hmm. to you about what they're responsible for. So the frontal lobe functions, um, which again is this front part of your brain, they are responsible for attention, concentration, self-monitoring, organization, expressive language or speaking, um, motor planning and initiation, awareness of abilities, awareness of limitations, personality, mental flexibility, inhibition of behavior, emotions, problem solving, planning, and judgment. So an injury, if you do or anyone you know ends up with an injury to the frontal lobe, that might affect an um, individual's ability to control their emotions, their impulses, their behavior, and it may also cause difficulty in recalling events or speaking. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It's a very important. It is very important. Yeah. Um, the temporal lobe that is on the sides, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it is responsible for memory, understanding language, um, and then also sequencing, hearing, and organization. So an injury to the temporal lobe is may lead individuals to demonstrate difficulty with uh, communication or memory. Um, I always want to say this wrong, but it's parietal, right? Yep. Parietal lobe functions. So that's going to be responsible for your sense of touch, um, your spatial perception, depth perception, your identification of like sizes, shapes, and colors, and also visual perception. So it makes sense that somebody that would have an injury to that mm-hmm. lobe is going to have trouble potentially or uh, probably with their five primary senses. Right. Um, and then we also, there's the occipital lobe, which that's responsible for your vision. So if you have an injury to your occipital lobe, you're going to more than likely have trouble seeing or perceiving the size and shape of objects. Then if you bounce to your, um, cerebellum, that's your balance and coordination. That is your skilled motor activity and your visual perception. So an injury to the cerebellum might affect your balance movement and coordination. And finally, the brainstem is really, um, responsible for some very important things. <laughs> Breathing, arousal, consciousness, heart rate, sleep, and wake cycles. So the brainstem controls your body's involuntary functions that are essential for survival. 
So basically your breathing and your heart rate, you have to have those. And those are controlled by your brainstem. So, well, damage to any of them is going to cause significant issues. Yeah. Um, So the functional sections, which are the lobes of the brain, Mm -hmm. are categorized by side, the right side and the left side. And you've also often heard people say, I'm a left side or I'm a right-sided person. Well, what happens is if you split the brain down the middle to two equally sized parts, they are not the same and do not carry the same functions. Right. So not only are the lobes like that, but then... It's cut in half. Yes. So how complex? Yes. Well, you always hear, yeah, like you're saying, always, are you right right brained or are you left brained? Yeah, yeah. The right side of the brain controls the left side of the body, while the left side controls the right side of the body. Each Isn't side. Isn't the human body just amazing? It, I don't even understand it. I don't even understand that when God was making this, how he thought about that. And then he made people that were interested enough in the phenomenon to then figure it all out. Yes, that is just wild Amazing, amazing. (laughs) Each side is responsible for different functions and general patterns of dysfunction. They may occur depending on the side of the brain stemming and sustaining an injury. So yeah. we're going to talk about the traits yeah, of let's, that. Let's get after it. So left side, we'll talk about it, and then we can decide: are we left side or right side? Oh boy, right brain, left brain or right brained? Righto, righto. Okay. Left side traits: analytical, logical, precise, organized, detached, literal. Well, that's pretty easy. That's you. <laughs> it's like, well, we might not even have to go to the second one. Okay. So if you have an injury to the uh, left side of your brain. These, it can cause you difficulties in understanding language or receptive language, difficulties in speaking or verbal output, so expressive language, mm. um, catastrophic reactions like depression and anxiety, um, difficulty speaking, impaired logic, sequencing difficulties, and decreased control over your right-sided body movements. Interesting. <clears throat> so the right side traits are creative, <laughs> imaginative, intuitive, conceptual, empathetic, and figure figurative yeah any guesses on what julie is oh yeah they do say opposites attract well that's so funny because you're the left side i'm the right side and that's kind of what this whole partnership we've for 15 years we've done this business and it because we have between the two of us we have a full brain (laughs) (laughs) what a revelation That's awesome. Okay, injuries of the right side of the brain can cause visual spatial impairment, visual memory deficits, uh, left neglect, which is in, in inattention to the left side of the body. Isn't that something? That's interesting. Uh, decreased awareness of the deficits, uh, altered creativity and music perception, loss of the big picture type of thinking, decreased control over the left-sided body movements. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Just wild. Yeah. I'm going to be thinking about it all day long. Like, okay, when I'm moving my right hand, it's my left brain at work, right? I know. I know. It makes you really stop and think about it. Huh. Yeah. So what we're going to do now is talk about um, different brain injuries. Sure. Like classifications. They they classify them as either traumatic or Mm non-traumatic, right? Mm -hmm. And then um, they also can be classified as mild or moderate or severe. And that's going to indicate the initial severity of the injury. Um, Other terms such as diffuse or penetrating, they may be used to describe the type of energy. And then we're going to talk about the most commonly used terms. So take it away, Jules. Okay. A diffuse axonal injury can be caused by shaking or strong rotation of the head, such as uh, shaken baby syndrome 
or a rotational force such as with a car accident. Um, injury occurs because the unmoving brain legs behind the movement of the skull causing brain structures to tear. Mm-hmm. There's an extensive tearing of nerve <clears throat> tissue throughout the brain. This can cause brain chemicals to be released, causing additional injury. The tearing of the nerve tissue disrupts the brain's regular communication and chemical processes. This disturbance of the brain can cause temporary or permanent widespread brain damage, <clears throat> coma, or death. A person with a diffuse axonal injury could present a variety of functional impairments depending on where the sh- uh, shearing or tears occurred in the brain. Mm-hmm. So honestly, any kind of sh- bounce to the <clears throat> head. Mm-hmm. So is this when you were talking about like boxing, oh, sports, yes, you know, so that many kind of thing. Yeah. And next I'm going to talk about actually concussions and um, what they consider to be like mild traumatic brain injury. But mm-hmm. yeah, there are a lot of those like high impact sports that are, that are, that are, you know, pretty hard on the noggin. So I think that's why they work and continue to work on that protective equipment. Yeah. Right. And require that people use yeah. it other than boxing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> well, the gloves, is that what's supposed to be the protective equipment? <laughs> I don't know. I'm free. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have to tell you this story. And I'm just trying to bring a little humor because this is not an easy topic, but right. when my brother was, or when we were younger, we had family friends in the Big Fork area. And one year for Christmas, one of the the boys that was close to my brother's age, he'd gotten boxing gloves for, um, for Christmas. Right. And so he and my brother were going to box and he was so excited. And he was like, you know, but I get to use my boxing gloves. And my brother was like, well, I'll take that because he's getting hit with a boxing glove and the other kid's getting hit with a fist. (laughs) Did it work better for him? I'm sure (laughs) not for the kid that was wearing the boxing gloves. And I'm not sure that that kind of activity can be sanctioned anymore these days with kids, but oh, you know, that was you, back in the day. The other thing that I have seen on social media recently is, and I don't remember what they call it, but it's considered a new sport. Oh, the slapping, slapping thing. I, it's so dumb. I, but two people yes, will, and there's a ref, yep. they will stand there and they take turns slapping each other. And I have seen one slap the person stands there and they just just crumple, drop. just knocks them right out. It's, it's a, insanity to me. Why would you do that? I do not know. I, I it hurts my face just to watch them because they're just. I mean, they just line up. Yep. Bam. I can't even imagine. I I will not be participating in no, that sport. No. Um, not that I participate in any sport, but definitely not that well, one. Well, and that's what this diffuse axonal injury is. Yeah. And some of us are putting us out there, ourselves out there for yeah. a little bit more risk. Oof, duh. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so back to concussions and mild traumatic brain injuries. Um, a concussion p- can be caused by direct blows to the head, um, gunshot wounds, violent shaking of the head, or a force from like a whiplash style injury. Both closed and open head injuries can produce a concussion and a concussion is the most common type of traumatic brain injury. So Mm. concussion is caused when the brain receives trauma from an impact or a sudden momentum or movement change. Um, The blood vessels in the brain may stretch and cranial nerves may be damaged. A person may or may not experience a brief brief loss of consciousness, uh, not exceeding 20 minutes. A person may remain conscious, but feel dazed or punch drunk. A concussion may or may not show up on a diagnostic imaging test, such as a CAT scan. Um, Skull fracture, brain bleeding, swelling may or may not be present. 
A concussion can cause injury resulting in permanent or temporary chain or damage, sorry, and it may take a few months or to a few years for the concussion to heal. Um, and like high school sports nowadays, yep. uh, one time when Callie was playing basketball, she fell and bonked her head on the yep. floor and they pulled her so fast yep. and they did a, a concussion baseline on her test. And then, um, she was out for at least, I think the minimum you could do is like a week. And yeah. then you, um, it still had to pass all of the tests before they let sure. you go back. And this was first high school basketball, but I know that they do it nowadays with, football all of the sports mm -hmm. and they take it so incredibly serious yeah because yeah. the damage can be yeah, yeah irreversible yeah. if if not dealt uh, with. so a contusion <clears throat> is a <clears throat> excuse me a bruise uh, bleeding on the brain caused by a force of a blow or jolt to the head a contusion can be the result of a direct impact um and large contusions actually need to be surgically removed mm -hmm. so what is it a big blood clot Sounds like it. That's terrible. Yeah. So a coup or counter coup in injury, this describes contusions that are both at the site of the impact and on the complete opposite side of the brain. Oh. This occurs when the force impacting the head is not only great enough to cause a contusion at the site of the impact, but is also able to move the brain and cause it to slam into the opposite side of the skull. Hmm. So that's a pretty big impact. Have you ever watched on the Nature Channel when like the bighorn sheep? Oh, the rams yes. hit, and and I mean, just the impact and the noise is enough to make you do a, a jolt. Yeah. But evidently, what they do is God gave them like two layers. Oh, okay. Of protection. Yeah. And and so. So they, they have. More. But they still stand there and shake their heads and look dazed. Well. Our sheep will do that. Our ewes will <laughs> well, fight like true. that. And it's it's so interesting to watch because sometimes it just is for no reason at all. You'll just like look out in the pasture and somebody's in a spat, you know, and they're button head, <laughs> literally butting heads. But it's interesting. Um, some sheep have the personality or at least ours. They don't like that. So they will literally, if there are two that are fighting, they will like weave themselves in and out of it and try to break it up oh, or try to move cute. one the other yeah, way. A lot it's of really, referees going on. It, it is really interesting cute. to watch, but man, when they hit the sound, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much force. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> literally some of them, I don't know if it's two sacks or two layers or what there is, but there's a, another layer of like protection, protection there. For them. But those those rams, you know, mm -hmm. they can have 30 to 50 pounds of horn on oh, them. Oh, yeah. And then their mass, it's just. I, I've even seen things where like um, like deer or elk or mm -hmm. where they fight and they'll get tangled up with each other and, and one will literally be wearing the other. The other will die and they yeah. just carry them around. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Second impact syndrome is also a reoccurrent traumatic brain injury, which can occur um, when they sustain a second traumatic brain injury before the symptoms of the first traumatic brain injury can have healed. So that's why Callie didn't get to go back and play basketball just right. in case she bonked exactly. her head again. The second injury may occur from days to weeks following the first. Loss of consciousness is not required. The second impact is more likely to cause brain swelling and widespread damage. Mm. So... All of you motocrossers out yes, there. Yes, listen up. Listen Mama up Julie is talking. These are the hard, hard core yeah. sport people yes. that they don't want to take 
enough time to heal. Yes. But this is why it's imperative to do that. Because death can occur rapidly, emergency medical treatment is needed as soon as possible. The long-term effects of recurrent brain injury can be muscle spasms, increased muscle tone, um, rapidly changing emotions, hallucinations, and difficulty thinking and learning. Well, you can really mess yourself up if you don't let yourself heal 100%. Yeah. It's really important. You wow. have to take it seriously. Cannot wow. mess around. Wow, wow. So a penetrating injury, this is one that occurs to the brain from the impact of like a bullet or a knife, other sharp objects that actually force the hair, skin, bone, fragments from an object into the brain. Mm. Um, objects traveling at a low rate of speed through the skull and brain can ricochet within the skull, which widens the area of damage. A through and through injury occurs when an object enters the skull, goes through the brain, and exits the skull. Through and through traumatic brain injuries um, <laughs> include the the effects of the penetrating brain injury plus additional shearing, stretching, and rupture of brain tissue. Mm. Um, firearms are the single largest cause of death from traumatic brain injury. Does this bring up any of your true cl- crime yes, stories? All of it. Yeah. Yes. And I've seen pictures of an x-ray of like an arrow yes. when somebody was out hunting or whatever, and it's like the x-ray shows it, yes the end of it and the front of it and in the middle there's a yeah brain. there's an arrow through the brain Ugh. yeah gives me a headache we have to take care of these things and our beans. i'm i know that there's you know jokes and things about helmets and blah 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 but it is so important like my mom was riding her bike this was several years ago riding her bike and she was out with a friend and it just they had a, a miscommunication on what was happening and where they were going. And I think mom, mom thought the friend was turning, but she was actually stopping. And so mom collided into her and Uh-oh. actually tipped over. And even a tip over caused just tremendous damage to her body. And oh. then also, you know, she was so thankful to have had that helmet on. Wow. We got to protect, protect grandma Jean's little noggin. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's the, uh, The topic of helmets is really interesting because all of us my age are like, we survived. Helmet, We survived because, you know, how many hours and miles and hours, uh, all of it, was I on a horse and never once had a a helmet. However, there was one time that my saddle slipped and I conked my head on the ground and I was goofy. And I don't remember much until we finally got home. And that was a couple hours later. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, the little baby things that I remember happening are comical because you didn't have a long-term damage or effect from it. Right. Right. But But yeah, but I remember, you know, I remember standing up from falling off the horse. And then I remember we stopped at the Nairada bar and I had a Coke (laughs) and a Snickers and then, you're like, I'm going to fall off this horse more often right. if I get a coconut sneakers. But, anyway, gotta- but uh, I don't remember the rest of that whole yeah. time period. And mm-hmm. I think almost that's on purpose. So you don't remember the, a trauma. Oh, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. And it's different. And I think a lot of the reason why um, helmets are becoming more of a thing also is as we evolve and our equipment gets better and faster. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I oh. think we're doing crazier things oh, than yeah. we were back when you and I were young. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. when it comes to those at-risk sports. Yes. Yeah, that's what for, I'm meaning. Definitely, for sure. Yeah. Um, abusive head trauma, which is that shaken baby syndrome. Oof. And it's it's a terrible, terrible thing. Um, that is a violent criminal act that causes traumatic brain injury. Abusive head trauma comes when the perpetrator uh, aggressively shakes a baby or when a the young water, child. water? 
the perpetrator? Perpetrator. Did I say that wrong? Perpetrator. Perpetrator. The forceful whiplash-like motion causes the the brain to be injured, and you hear of these tragic stories in the every once in a while oh, in yeah. the um, news. Blood vessels between the brain and the skull rupture and bleed. The accumulation of the blood causes the brain tissue to compress, while the injury causes the brain to swell. This damages the brain cells. It can cause seizures, lifelong dif- disability, coma, and death. Mm-hmm. Irritability, changes in eating patterns, tiredness. Um, a baby experiencing such symptoms needs immediate emergency medical mm-hmm attention that is just the worst saddest yeah locked in syndrome so locked in syndrome is a rare neurological condition in which a person cannot physically move any part of their body aside from their eyes the individual is conscious and able to think but vertical eye movements and eye blinking can be used to communicate with others and operate um, environmental controls that's would be my worst nightmare yeah i'm very claustrophobic and that wow And then you have your closed head injuries. And those are injuries to the brain caused by an outside force without any penetration of the skull. Um, With a closed head injury, when the brain swells, it has no place to expand. This can cause an increase in intracranial pressure, um, which is the pressure within the skull. As the brain swells, it may expand through any available opening in the skull, including the eye sockets. Um, When the brain expands through the eye sockets, it can compress and impair the functions of the eye nerves. For instance, if an eye nerve, like a cranial nerve three is compressed, a person's pupil, um, which is the darker center of the eye, it's going to appear dilated or big. This is one reason why medical personnel may monitors a, monitor a person's pupil size and intracranial pressure. I always knew you were supposed to watch um, pupil yeah. after somebody bonks their head. Yeah. I never knew why. Right. So that is wonderful. No, I'm glad to know that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> when it comes to traumatic brain in- injuries, we've had some clients yes. with that, and it's been different degrees. Yes. Because... Uh, we have talked about the one gentleman that we became very aggressive mm-hmm. and mean. We had another gentleman that was pretty independent, but his logic was very impulsive mm-hmm. and it got him into trouble yes. with like the law. And yes. he, he could drive, he could do these things, um, but we were there to help him with the logical day to days. Yes. And then we've, um, then I just had a personal friend this week, a young man. Um, we've known him since he was a little guy. Um, he got into a logging accident. And when I first heard about it, I just was devastated mm. because they said multiple head fractures, face fractures. He's actually doing incredibly well. They flew him to Salt Lake City. Mm. Um, he's evidently awake talking, um, still in a world yeah. of hurt, but what a blessing. Absolutely. Because you and I, too too closely know that um it can be yeah easily the other way yeah yeah well and think about we had a nurse that worked with us here and her son many years ago had gotten into a motor vehicle accident and it seemed pretty desperate in the beginning but he now he is recovered and thriving and so um and then we've had clients that have been like the happiest guys on the planet with mm-hmm. um, TBIs. Mm-hmm. So it just impacts everybody differently. And, you know, depending on where in your brain box yeah. you get injured. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one of the things that we didn't talk about because we're talking traumatic brain injury, mm-hmm. really brain injuries, um, is like if you have a stroke mm-hmm. or you, um, where does it hit you? Yeah. And then also MS yep. w- will hit different areas of the brain and then Alzheimer's. Where in the brain is Alzheimer's affecting you? Like what's what? Yeah, yeah. Because if you get it in the frontal, it's a different 
set of uh, behaviors um, and what it does to you versus other spots in the brain. It's very much such a uh, big mass up there that controls so much that we take it for granted. Yes. And I guess it's probably um, a good thing that there are so many different areas of it so that, you know, you don't lose everything. Right. And I was thinking about it as we were talking and you say strokes. So when we have someone that has like left side, left side, this is my left, uh, left (laughs) side weakness, then it probably was on their right side brain that was impacted. Yeah, exactly. That's the same thing. We just had a gentleman that had a stroke and he's, he is uh, more impacted on his left side, which on a stroke, it usually typically is a left side for whatever reason. But so it must've been right, right sided injury. Right. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So much. This is just the very basics. Tip of the iceberg. Um, And this is, um, there's websites out there that are crazy full of information. And this is from the traumatic brain injury uh, website Mm -hmm. that we got this information and, and there's just so much to learn. And I think it's the takeaway for me is just always do the little things that you can do to help protect yourself. So wear that seatbelt, right? Just take care of your brain. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. crucial. It's critical. Yeah. We do know a couple of families intimately where um, they've had kiddos that got into motor vehicle accidents and they're still to this day dealing with the impact of that. Yes. And it doesn't just impact the person with the brain injury. It impacts, impacts the whole family, the yes. whole set of friends. Um, so it's really tragic. So that's going back to why we did all of the verses yes. for our verse of the week <laughs> is that we're hoping that everybody that is involved just understands yeah. that um, there's a lot going on and to be supportive to your families that you know that are going through this traumatic stuff. Yes, for yes. sure. Yes. So in summary, uh, brain injury is unpredictable in its consequences. Mm-hmm. Brain injury affects who we are and the way we think, act, and feel. It can change everything about us in a matter of seconds. Yep. It's really kind of scary. It's, it, it's, <laughs> it's devastating. Yeah. The most important things to remember are a person with a brain injury is a person first. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that too. You cannot not ever think you otherwise. You are a person first. Mm. <laughs> no two brain injuries are exactly the same. That is also very Huge. true. Huge. <clears throat> the effects of a brain injury are complex and vary greatly from person to person. And the effects of a brain injury depend on factors such as cause, location, and severity. Yeah. You know, um, quite often when I'm dealing with people and and their loved one has Alzheimer's, which is a, a brain thing, um, the one thing that I tell them that is ironic because it actually brings them a lot of like an aha moment mm-hmm. where I'll say to them, just so you know, the only constant you have now is change. Mm-hmm. And they just go, oh, oh I thank you. That, I, I needed to hear that. Yeah. And just that simple little phrase just gave them so much peace. Yep, it's true. Yeah. Well, why don't you wind us, wrap us up, or show us out, whatever. Give us us a grandma saying, what do you have for us today? (laughs) Um, This one is said, don't do a rain dance if you don't see clouds. So basically, this gal used to tell her boys something similar. And when they were growing up, it says, "Say say what you mean and mean what you say. Again, I'm reminded of the Bible verse, Proverbs 24, 25, 14. Whoso boasteth 
Themselves, oh, this is all those words. Um, <laughs> whoso boasts himself of a false gift is like clouds and wind without rain. So don't do a rain dance if you don't see clouds. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So there you go. Well, I think that is it for the day. So peace out, Girl Scouts. Have a good day. <laughs> the caregiven name is a registered trademark of the Veritrus Health Incorporated Company. Epaga is not connected to, affiliated with, or endorsed by Veritrus or any of its affiliates. 